Welcome into another Daily Wager Extra podcast. I'm Doug Kazarian, and we're taping this on Thursday, January 6th. Got week 18 to break down with Las Vegas oddsmaker John Murray's going to join us. And we uh, we hung out last night, and we had some fun. And we'll tell you what that is, was coming up in a second. But we're going to break down the card, also touch on Georgia-Bama. Obviously, that's coming up on Monday. Tons of Daily Wager shows. We're going to have a show on Saturday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern for half an hour, kind of looking ahead to the two Week 18 Saturday games that do have playoff implications. So we're going every day. We're also going to have a Monday show leading up into kickoff, uh, or at least day of kickoff for the national title game, Bama and Georgia. So a lot to uh, break down. And, of course, we have the 10-minute podcast on the weekdays for Daily Wagers. So a lot of fun, uh, a lot of good content coming up. So we hope you join us, and uh, let's get to it. Kicking is for losers. Time now to welcome in Mr. Executive Director, also the new father of a Beagle puppy, Ellie, and we made history yesterday. My first, Arthur's first official play date. And boy, was it ridiculous to watch. Hours and hours, these two. Motors like no other, Murray. Yeah, Arthur's a riot. I mean, what a what a handsome uh, young man he is as well. I, I thought that was a lot of fun. She's had a she's had a number of play dates, you know, because I brought her back to Virginia for Christmas. Wow! So she played with my she played with my cousin's dogs, my brother's golden retriever Jefferson, who's about twenty times her size. Uh, she's she's met all sorts of dogs. She plays with my neighbor's dogs. I've had some other friends come over. She I've never had a dog that loved dogs. Uh, you know, our our, our legendary pug Lavar. He loved people, but he had no interest in dogs. He couldn't care less. But Ellie, she's all over other dogs. She was all over Arthur last night. It was hilarious, man. Yeah, I'm about to post some pictures. They they definitely went at it and just got <laughs> they were peas yeah. in a pod, seamless. And Arthur's just oh yeah, just a meatball running into things and jumping on things, and he just wants to play. And he found his playing partner, who's not afraid to slip some tongue. By the way, um, Ellie no, no. likes to oh, kiss. Oh no, and lick. she's not. Yeah, Arthur's like a little bowling ball, just <laughs> just bouncing around the room. I, I thought he was he was so funny, and uh, she's even though she's only, I think the last time we took her to the vet, she was like nine, a little under nine pounds. But she, I think she acquitted herself nicely last night, even against the the bowling ball that is Arthur. Yeah, twenty five pounds of love is that stocky <laughs> little Arthur meatball. Yeah. No, it was fun, man. It was good to hang out too. Yeah. You and I have been so busy during football season. We really haven't had a chance, but now, literally like the day after football games are over, uh, you yeah. and I are hanging out again. So it's, that's been great. And it was nice. And we still found a, I still found a way to live bet some NBA, but nonetheless, <laughs> it was the bowl uh, games being over is such a relief for us. Like all kidding aside, like the, the bowl games really, they were a nightmare from, from our perspective this summer or this uh, season, excuse me. Uh, just all, all the, players in the transfer portal and the people being out with COVID and the players sitting out because of the draft and, you know, LSU probably shouldn't have played in their bowl game on Tuesday night. And they did so anyway, and we got crushed on that game. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy that the bowls are over and we can turn the page to the national championship game, which is going to be awesome. And, and soon we'll be in the NFL playoffs. So it'll be nice having games where both teams are actually trying to win for once. <laughs> So week 18, we'll get to in a moment. Just real quick, Alabama, Georgia, what's the latest from behind the counter on your end? Great two-way handle on this game. You know, right, right when we put this thing up, uh, I guess that was New Year's Eve night after Georgia finished off Michigan, uh, we had a guy come in and he bet 187000 on Alabama money line at plus 125. We've taken a lot of sharp action on Georgia since then. A lot of our sharp accounts, not just in Nevada, but all over the country at the Superbook, have been betting on Georgia 
And then yesterday we had a gentleman come in. He laid 145000 on Georgia minus 150 on the money line. So really good two-way. That puts you in a great spot when you've got one guy taking plus 125 for a significant number and another guy taking minus 150 for a significant number. That's great for the house. We do have a big future liability on Georgia to manage, though. We've got, we've got some big bets from back in the summer on Georgia. I think one guy's got about 16000 at 8-1 to one on Georgia winning it all. Wow. Uh, great, great, great two-way action. And too early to really, to really say uh, what we're going to need. Uh, but I'd like to be in a position to need Georgia overall. I think they were the best team all season. And I, I, think, uh, I, think, the, I think they should win this game. Will they win the game? I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens on Monday night. Nick Saban's proved me wrong a few times. But I do think Georgia is the better team. They're the best team in the country, and they showed that against Michigan in the Orange Bowl. They demolished a really good Michigan team in that game. And if they play like that, they're going to win the national championship. I've said it since the line came out. There's no way I'm betting the side in this game. I mean, you can make a case for either play. And just when we all try to look for edges and things like that, there's just better opportunities out there, in my opinion. Now, I like the over a little bit as well. But I, I just don't feel like it's a – for me, my personal, like I just don't see a side that's worth betting lane 110 and when there's just a bunch of other options out there, whether it be NBA, these props, and just stuff like that. As much as we want action, and I'm going to go in there with a blank slate and maybe find an angle in live wagering. So uh, when I, that's sort of my approach. I don't want to force it going into the game because I want to keep like an open mind and not have like a rooting interest and uh, kind of confirmation bias if I have a pre-flop position. So that's just my opinion. Uh, but let's get to Week 18 because – First time ever, obviously, the NFL has a Week 18. It's similar to Week 17 and years prior. But last year with the extra wild card, there's more games that have some meaning uh, rather than just teams, more, fewer teams eliminated, let's put it that way. And we had some news break this morning with Dallas having some issues from a health standpoint. This number is coming down a little bit. It was seven. Cowboys are now yeah. five and a half consensus in yeah. Philly. Yeah, we're down to five and a half on that game, and it's because of what you just said, it's a possible COVID outbreak within the Dallas organization. I mean, it, it makes sense for Dallas to to sit some guys this week anyway, right? I mean, I don't know. They can't be the one seed. I guess they are playing for seeding in the NFC, but mm-hmm. if they've got a whole bunch of COVID guys out with COVID, I guess the real question is, why was this game flexed into Saturday night primetime? Philadelphia has already clinched their NFC wildcard berth. Dallas has already won the NFC East. I don't really understand the significance of this game that would, that would warrant moving it to Saturday night. But so far, uh, we, we have seen a lot of money come in on people betting on the Eagles, probably with the knowledge of the, of the COVID cases in Dallas. And we're stuck a pretty good number to Philadelphia right now, unfortunately. Well, yeah, Philly could slide up to the six if the Niners lose. And then, okay. uh, obviously, like you mentioned, Dallas seeding potential and Rams are in that tight game with the Niners. So if the Rams lose, uh, maybe there's a chance for them to move up, things like that. I, don't, I haven't flushed out every scenario, but both had reason to play I guess I just don't starters. know what, like, what's the big difference between being the seven or versus the six. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, no, I, guess you, I guess you could make a case. But they're, they're also know, just seems, like, as I long thought, as the starters were going to play, I think that was the philosophy of the NFL, right. I would assume. I, would assume. I, thought the, I thought the 49ers-Rams game would have made a lot more sense to be flexed uh, 100%. to Saturday. Uh, and, and then, of course, the Sunday night game, I, I think they did get that game correct. So that's yeah. good. Let's go to that game. Chargers-Raiders, three is your favorite for L.A. on the road. Vegas has had pulled out some nice wins, uh, including the win in Cleveland. I thought that was a nice drive at the end of the game. Also, the win in Indy was so impressive. But... Uh, I, I lean to the Chargers here. 
Well, I give the Raiders uh, endless credit for them to be standing here uh, on January 9th and with a situation where they can win a game and make it to the playoffs after all the adversity they've faced this season, playing in a good division like the AFC West. Uh, you got to really give the, that whole organization a lot of credit for hanging in there. We'll probably need the Raiders in this game, but we've got big liability on the Raiders to make the playoffs. We lose a lot on Raiders, yes, playoffs. That was a very popular public play in Nevada. So one of the main things you're doing, or actually the main thing you're doing in Week 18 as a bookmaker, it used to be Week 17, now it's Week 18, is sweating out all your season-long propositions. A lot of stuff we grade this weekend is stuff that we started booking in the summer, and, and that's one uh, of our bigger decisions left, is the Raiders to make the playoffs. We've got a handful of those that we'll be going through this weekend. But that's one of them. I do think the public is going to bet the Chargers, but I don't think it's going to be a huge decision. I think there'll be support both ways. Right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm going to bounce around a little bit because mm -hmm. certain games have impact. So let's go to Rams, Niners, both with something to play for. LA, a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home now that this line has ticked up a little bit from four. For me, it's Niners or pass. I think they're much better in the dog role. I need to know Jimmy G's playing, though. I want no part of Trey Lance. So limited, so green, I guess is the yeah. best way to put it. Um, I, I don't know how much higher this line can go. I don't think the Sharps will let it get much higher. Well, Trey Lance really struggled last week against Houston. And as much as uh, I've been I've been somebody who's made his, Jimmy, his share of Jimmy G jokes over the year, but clearly the 49ers are better off with him in their quarterback. And that, I think that showed they're not going to beat the Rams without Jimmy G on Sunday afternoon. I, I don't think so. Sharp guys did take the 49ers. We opened this game six. We're down to four and a half on San Francisco because of some sharp money on the Niners. You know, the Niners have been playing to a very high power rating for weeks now. They were a, a field goal favorite at Tennessee two nights before Christmas. I mean, that was only a couple of weeks ago. Think about that. They've been playing to a very high number. They haven't been covering recently. Although I guess they did cover against Houston with a late touchdown. But either way, they've been underachieving a little bit, that bad loss to the Titans. And now all of a sudden they need this win to make the playoffs. We need them to win too because we're stuck a big number on the Rams winning the NFC West, which they will do if they win this game. And we also uh, lose quite a bit if the 49ers miss the playoffs. We had a lot of people betting us 49ers no playoffs. So we've got a whole bunch of different decisions we're sweating out here, but we're going to be rooting for San Francisco. Yeah, no, it's uh, I like the I like the underdog. Um, I don't think I don't I don't I'm not sold on the Rams. Where, where do you guys stand on the Rams? Well, the, the Rams have been playing a lot better. At recently. times, I'm sold. I mean, they, I'm, I'm very herky jerky on them. But I know that I know I don't like I don't love stats like this too much. I think they get overplayed. But I, I Kyle Shanahan's had a lot of success against Sean McVay. For whatever reason, it seems like he's had McVay's number. I think the Niners have beat them five times in a row, including on a Monday night game in San Francisco back in November, which the book did extremely well on that game. So we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be rooting for Kyle Shanahan again. And I think, I think I'd like to see the 49ers get into the playoffs. I think the 49ers represent yeah. a team that has a much better chance of winning a couple of games than Philadelphia does, certainly than New Orleans does. I think San Francisco getting into a wild-card game against Tampa Bay or against against uh, the Rams, probably, right, would be much more interesting than, uh, than having Philadelphia and New Orleans in there. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think the upside of, this, of San Francisco is really strong. I mean, Kittle missing games, they're such a different game team with Kittle versus without. Sure. So I, I like that um, situation uh, many, in many, many facets. Uh, let's keep it in that division. Arizona-Seattle, 
Zona Lane, six and a half off the nice, impressive win. Nice job by you in the in the baby bankroll bonanza. And Arizona oh, now yeah. six and a half at home to a Seattle team that's probably checked out a little bit, but they did run up the score a week ago. Well, Seattle kind of they had sort of their swan song, right? They had their their final home game, possibly Russell Wilson's final home game as a Seahawk, and they they ran up the score last week against what was that Detroit? I can't even remember. Yeah. Now they're now they're on the road at Arizona, and Arizona needs this win. If they win and the Rams lose, they win the NFC West. So it's it's a game that does carry some pretty uh, a lot of significance for for the Cardinals. I don't know what interest the Seahawks will have in this game other than playing the role of spoiler, but I know we'll need Seattle. Uh, the, t- the, tickets, the tickets and the money, very one-sided to Arizona. Possibly our most one-sided game of the week right now. Uh, it's only Thursday morning, but we're already buried on parlays going to the Cardinals on Sunday afternoon. I can imagine. Let's go to Tampa Bay, Carolina, because this Bucks team nearly lost to the Jets a week ago. The look-ahead line was double digits. This line feels short, especially if you like teasers. Carolina, uh, only an eight-point underdog at Tampa Bay. Now, we know the Bucks are down wide receivers, no A.B., no Godwin, but still, Carolina's pretty bad, has a beat-up offensive line. Darnold's better for them than Cam, but still, Tampa feels like a short number there. And I've already, you've already proven me wrong. We're actually more loaded on Tampa Bay than we are in Arizona. So Tampa Bay is actually the team that we're most loaded to parlays on as we speak right now. They're going to be in a lot of teasers. You're absolutely right. That, that eight-point spread with that low total of 41.5, people are going to love to tease that one under three. Very sharp player did go under 42.5 in that game. So obviously that's somebody thinking Carolina probably not going to light up the scoreboard in this game, and I can't disagree with them. Uh, Tampa Bay still playing for seeding, although they will not have a first-round bye. But I would imagine that the higher seed that they can get would be would mean a home game in the second round and possibly a first-round date with Philadelphia or New Orleans. It is interesting, these teams that maybe need some players to sit out, but they also could improve their positioning. It is tough. Maybe they're in the second slot of games. That might dictate some of their – because that's a 425 Eastern game. So that may dictate some of their uh, lineup choices. And we, we see lines move drastically. Do you shut down the 4 p.m. games uh, during the 1 o'clock games? No, they, the NFL has, has really done a good job of adjusting that. Where they, they, There used to be these, these situations where what happened in the, in the morning game would directly impact the late game, and we would see these really sharp groups do these parlays of the two. But the league, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the board right now, and I could be wrong, but I think the league has figured that out. And, they, and the games that impact each other are pretty much always played at the same time now. Except for the extremely funny scenario where if, if Indianapolis were to lose to Jacksonville, the Raiders and the Chargers would both make the playoffs if the game ended in a tie. Oh, yeah, that's uh, right. They could just take knees for three which hours. Would be, which, would be, which would be fantastic television. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. The Colts are a minus 1,400 favorite. But that is something where if Jacksonville somehow were to win that game, uh, that would be the case for the Sunday night game, which would be pretty interesting. That would be funny. That would be really funny. Um, yeah, I don't think the teams would cooperate. I don't think they would just kneel it out for the rest oh, of the Oh, I don't, I don't either. I don't, but there was, a, there was a World Cup game in, in the 80s where the, the two teams, if, they, if the game ended in a draw, they would both go to the, group, to the knockout stage, and they just kicked the ball back and forth for 90 minutes. And that's why the World Cup started playing the third game of the group stage at the same time hmm. because of that game. So it's not, it's not like it's never happened. 
I, I agree with you, though. I can't imagine a scenario where the Chargers and the Raiders just say, hey, we're just going to take knees for 90 minutes or 60 minutes, call it 0-0, and both make the playoffs. I, that's not going to happen. But it would be funny, and it would probably cause the ticket prices to go down. Um, gosh, that would be so rich. All right, so a couple big spreads here. Uh, big teams obviously incentivized versus a bad team that's already been eliminated. We can start with Kansas City laying 10, 10.5 against Denver. That number... The total feels high at 45. Now, I remember they played a couple Sundays ago, and Denver had like 17 play drives and then got stalled on fourth down. I think it'll be a little bit more high scoring than that, but still, the 45 feels high there. Very interesting, because we've been, we've been heaping praise on Kansas City's defense the last couple of months. Deservedly so, by the way. They've been playing great. All of a sudden, they're up against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and that Bengals offense, and they kind of look like the Chiefs' defense of old. Because they are, because they ran up the yeah, great stats. I, I think you're before. right. I think you're right. And and now all of a sudden, for the first time in his career, Patrick Mahomes might have to go on the road in the postseason. It doesn't look like Kansas City is going to have home field, which uh, Mahomes has had home field all three of his playoff uh, playoff appearances so far. That could make things very interesting. The AFC playoffs are going to be awesome for years to come. Because all of a sudden, the AFC has these ridiculous group of young quarterbacks. Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen is great. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. It's going to be great, man. As far as this game's concerned, we need Denver very big. Because everybody is going to start their parlays this week, this Saturday afternoon, with the Chiefs or the Chiefs money line. Hmm. So we're, we're going to be big Broncos fans. And based on what I've seen of Fangio and the boys the last few weeks, I'm not excited about that proposition. I'm not really looking forward to rooting for the Broncos on Saturday. Very one-sided ticket count here. Yeah, it is Saturday too. That, that, um, it's a, it's that isolated game in the afternoon. So it's better for us that it's early. If it was the last game of the week, there'd be all kinds of parlay liability going to that game because it's the first game. We'll get off a little bit easier but if we could somehow get Denver to win or at least cover, it would knock out a lot of the parlays and force, right. force the people to go back to the window and put in another parlay. Another uh, big spread here, and there's a couple of them. Uh, Indy's 15.5 at Jacksonville. Tennessee's 10 at Houston. Uh, and there's another one. There's uh, Indy, and there's another, like, bomber one. I, I just – I feel like we, 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 we confuse oh, – the, the yeah, the Bills, Bills are the, the the Bills are sixteen, and all those teams have something to play for, right? But uh, we can use incentive to win to incentive to cover, and oh, oh, historically, the final sure. week of the season, so week seventeen, past years, is the teams that have quote unquote nothing to play for actually play loose and easy, and uh, there's narratives on the other side. So I actually like the dogs here. Well, Indianapolis needs to win to get in. Buffalo needs to win to clinch the East. They're at home against the Jets. They're a sixteen point favorite. And Tennessee, remarkably, if they win this game at Houston, they are the one seed in the AFC playoffs, which is incredible when you consider all the injuries they've had on offense. Mike Vrabel probably should be the NFL coach of the year based on that. Uh, we'll, we'll need all the dogs, so I hope that you're right. But I don't like – we've talked about this for years on the show. People are not going to bet Buffalo minus 16. That, that's, not a, that, that's, that, that's not a public – the public doesn't want to make a bet like that. They don't want to lay 16 points. They know what you know. They know that the Bills don't care about winning by 21. They just want to get the win, get, in, get their division title, and get the hell out of there. And none of those three games will represent a high handle for us. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I like the dogs in those games, uh, the 16-and-a-half and the 15-and-a-half. Like, that's too much. It's just too much. Some other one-sided games expected um, with playoff implications. This New England line went up pretty high, 6-and-a-half at Miami. I don't like it. I know the Finns 
got eliminated, but it's still Flores and company against Belichick. It's Mac Jones on the road, who I do not trust implicitly. Six and a half feels like too much, especially with a total, you know, 40. Well, you know, our, our, our look-ahead line on this game was more like two and a half. So this is a number that's gone way up because of Miami being eliminated from the playoffs last week. New England still was something to play for. We did have uh, we did have one guy come in earlier this week and made a big bet on the Dolphins plus six, but the numbers actually moved against his bet, and we're now up at six and a half because the public is all over New England. This is a this will be a very high handle game. We've already seen big bets on Miami. We know the public is going to take New England. This could be our biggest handle game of the week, other than the Sunday night game, of course. Right, and that's the Raiders Chargers we've already discussed. Oh yeah. Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, six Ravens. Now, obviously not the same luster as we've seen in years past. Steelers, mm-hmm. ex- Steelers have a very, very slight chance to make the playoffs. Baltimore amazingly eliminated. I, I just, it's crazy given where they were at the beginning of the season, but this, you know, was it five game losing streak certainly did them in, but they were eight and three at one point and, uh, started with the demise in Miami. We're not started, but there, there. We saw that game on a Thursday night where they lost, and then they bounced back with two yeah. wins, and then they went lost, 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 lost. lost. Just incredible run here. Um, I, I, I lean Steelers minus. Excuse me, Ravens minus six. I think they'll be up for the game, finish strong. But I mean, I can't really bet it. Baltimore was one of the highest power rated teams in the AFC all season. They just Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Everything that the Baltimore Ravens do runs through Lamar Jackson. He gets hurt. Huntley misses a game with COVID. They, they're down to a third string quarterback. They just the circumstances all seem to stack up against Baltimore this season. They should be a team that'll come back strong next season. We're going to be big Steelers fans, though. We need uh, we need one more Pittsburgh win to go over their win total for uh, what is our biggest remaining win total NFL regular season win total decision. So we'll be watching that game pretty closely, rooting for the Steelers. Not a lot of action on the game Sunday here, at least, uh, but we will be paying attention. For season long, uh, season long reasons, which is always fun. Yeah, and then that you, you guys balance your books, like you, um, like you mentioned it um, a little bit ago. So other games, so we've had a line move, significant line move. Joe Burrow taking the week off, Mixon's out as well. Since he was what a three point road favorite, now it's Cleveland minus six, and no Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and all you can do in these games is just try to stay a little bit ahead of the market uh, as these like. Burrow, I think, announced himself that he wasn't playing, if I have that right. correctly. It was like Joe Burrow not playing per Joe Burrow. Well, that was a pretty strong one. So we moved pretty aggressively, and we've been deliberately writing money on the Bengals in all the states that we're operating in right now. So we're, we're in very good shape on this game if Cleveland does go in there and blow them out because we've been taking money on Cincinnati on numbers that are now bad numbers. Like The guys were making bets at numbers they could have much better lines than right now. So we've positioned ourselves very well there, stayed ahead of it. That hasn't always worked out for us this season. But uh, in, in these crazy COVID times, it's all you can do is just try to is look at the information as it comes through and book it like that. We're writing money on the Bengals to need the Browns and just crossing our fingers because once they kick that ball off, there's just not a whole lot we can do about it. Yeah, I mean, but you don't, you're never going to take that big of a hit, right? Like it's – like you might take a couple bets, but you, your majority of the action is coming elsewhere, or you know later. Well, it's up to you how how big of a decision you want to to 
to shape up for yourselves. I mean, when we, I can remember when we found out that Dak Prescott wasn't going to play in that Sunday night game against Minnesota back in, I don't know, October, we, we put ourselves in a position to clean up on the Vikings. We had people taking Dallas at really bad numbers, and we set it up to be one of our biggest decisions of the year. And we were positioned in this great spot because then Dak Prescott did not play for the Cowboys, and we were right, right. and they won the game anyway. So, it, and then another time we did that was when uh, Baker Mayfield and Case Keenum both had COVID. It was a Saturday game against the Raiders. We knew that. We took all this money on Cleveland because the NFL said they will not postpone games this season. They'll force teams to forfeit. That's what they said in the preseason. And then sure. they went back on their own, their own rules, and they pushed the game to Monday. Now, we got away with that one because the Raiders kicked the field goal to win the game. We lost a lot of point spread bets, but most of the money we'd taken was on Cleveland money line, so we got away with that. But it's, just, it's up to you as a house. You could position yourself to make it a small decision or a very big decision. It's just all about how much of an appetite you have for liability. A couple interesting games, and I say interesting because the Giants have just been so bad, but Washington laying seven at the Giants with an over-under of 38. That's, that's I don't know. Something. You can't. You can't seriously think that's an interesting game. I mean, I know you're you're a media professional. You have to go through the I, I like here. it. No, no, I like it. I, look, no. I faded the Giants as my best bet on Sunday. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that how bad they are. Yeah. I think it's hilarious that the Redskins play in a stadium that's just like falling apart. I, I mean, I think the high school stadiums in the D.C. area are, are nicer than where the Redskins play their home games. Uh, we, we have taken, we've taken a lot of money on, on the Giants in this game, actually. I don't know why. I believe the Giants are down to Jake Fromm. He's as terrible. their starting quarterback, He's so bad. And, and the Giants, the Giants right now, they could be the worst franchise in the league. I mean, I guess you'd have to say Jacksonville, but the the, the New York Giants are a rudderless organization. And, Jacksonville and has a quarterback, that, and Jacksonville at least has the uh, has the option of getting a new coach. My understanding is that the Giants are going to go back to war with Joe Judge and and uh, Daniel Jones next season. Well, that's good news if you're a fan of Dallas, Philadelphia, or Washington. I, I don't know what the New York Giants are doing. Now they're a hot mess. I, I don't see them doing much on offense in that game. Uh, Chicago, Minnesota is now interesting. Kirk Cousins is back. Fields is back. Bears playing some good ball. Matt Nagy's going to try to win the final three weeks of the regular season with three different quarterbacks. Foles, Dalton, and now Fields. Vikes only lane four and a half, five at home. Yeah, we've, we've taken a lot of money on this game, which uh, I don't know why. We had a guy come in uh, two mornings ago. He bet 40000 on Chicago plus three. And that number has since pushed up to five and a half. Cousins is back in. So, that again, that puts us in a really good position booking-wise. You take significant bets early in the week. Now, I know that won't be that significant by Sunday, but that's a big bet on a Tuesday. And he, that's put us in a nice spot here. We can book the game from there. Looks like we're going to need Minnesota, and I'm, I'm fine with that. From what I've, I'm always comfortable needing Matt Nagy to lose. That's, that's something that never bothers me. Yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, a couple other games. No, I'm just sifting through. I mean, we don't need to talk about every game. I wanted to mention, though, Tennessee's 10-point favorite here. If they win, they get the one seed. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's expected to return. How do you feel about the Titans? 13-1 to to win it all. I mean, the number oh. one seed in the AFC. That feels pretty generous. Well, we talked about it last night as we were uh, as our two dogs were jumping on top of each other. Uh, the the Titans are, are going to be a dog in, in just about all these playoff matchups. Whoever they're playing, I know it's going to be in Nashville, but it's likely that they'll be an underdog in just about every possible game. They'd certainly be an underdog in the Super Bowl against any of the NFC top NFC contenders. So I'm not necessarily saying you shouldn't 
make a bet on the Titans. What I'm saying is if you want to do so, I think you'd be better off playing through the money lines of each, right. of each week. Because I think they're going to be a bigger underdog than, than you're thinking against Kansas City, possibly against Buffalo. I, I don't know exactly how the bracket is going to break, but I would imagine that they'd have to beat at least one of those two teams, if not both, to get to a date with NFL MVP Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at the Super Bowl, wherever that game's played. Yeah, it, it, you know, my whole thing is like you're assuming you know you don't know who's going to win, so sometimes it won't break the right way. It's like we see that in March Madness, oh, right? True. Some of the, some of the futures that's definitely true for the BRAC to win the region and things. And, if, and you're lines. right. If if one of these teams, if if somehow a team like the Raiders, for example, won a wild card game, then they went at Tennessee in the divisional round. Don't think that's going to happen. But in the, in that event, then yeah, the thirteen to one probably would be a good bet. But there's, I just think there's some really high-power-rated teams in the AFC right now. The Chargers have been playing to a high-power rating most of the season. Cincinnati is terrifying right now. I mean, the Cincinnati really Bengals are. are a team I would want no part of in the playoffs. That offense is playing with all kinds of swagger. I, I don't know who I would want in the whole league other than Joe Burrow if I was starting a franchise right now with the exception of Patrick Mahomes. That's how highly I think of Burrow. That, that's a scary team. Would they be favored in Tennessee? Yeah, probably. Um. Yeah, yeah, but thirteen to one. I mean, and the and if they're an impressive win in their first game, which would be the second round, their power rating is going to go up. So then they won't be as big of a dog in the in the AFC Championship game than they would maybe on a matchup on a neutral field. They played the first it, round that opponent. Unless the other team in the other AFC divisional playoff had an even more impressive one. I mean, we're right. now we're just talking all hypotheticals. But yeah, I mean, I see, I, I do see your point. Um. Okay, I think that uh, covers the card. We don't care about Atlanta and, and New Orleans, although I do lean to the Falcons there. Um, all right, let's get to the bonanza. It's time for Baby Bankroll Bonanza. Another solid win for you, Murray. Solid win. Arizona with the outright win as a dog in Dallas. Uh, I had the Vikes plus seven. Kirk Cousins later, scratch. I mean, what do you want me to do? You know, it's been that kind of year for me. In the bonanza, but uh, yeah. I should have I well, just tough. pressed. It's, it's tough, seriously, when you're picking a game on a Thursday and then the quarterback gets ruled out with COVID. I think on Friday. I mean, there's just there's there's only so much you can do. All, all kidding aside, it's brutal. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm um, I'm a little disappointed. The, the pick I wanted to do is not posted yet, and I'll tell you in a second oh. what that is. But uh, why don't you go first? You're on the tee box. You've been doing well. Keep it up. Yeah, this is a tough week. You know, you really don't know who's going to try, who's not going to try. I mean, some of the some of the games that I bet for this week have already moved, but you know, I'm going to be uh in the interest of being fair, I'll just I'll take what the best number on the board is currently as we record this Thursday morning in Las Vegas. I'll take Philadelphia. The best looks like the best you can do now is 5, but I just keep hearing about all the all this these guys sitting out with COVID for Dallas. So I I think I don't know why Dallas is, is laying this many points in that game. So I'll do Philadelphia plus five for a thousand. And then probably by the, but while your guys are editing this show, Philadelphia's whole roster will probably get ruled out with COVID and uh, I'll look like a complete idiot, but that's okay. That's how, that's how the season's gone. So there's not much I can do about it. No, I mean, I had that issue, um, you know, last week or whatever. It just, you know, it is what it is. You know, as a better, if you make a bet during the week, that your team might have all their players out by Sunday. That's part of the game now. 
I, I don't know if you if you haven't realized that by now, you're in the wrong line of work. That that's that's not going away for a long, long time, if ever. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So the pick I really want to do is Green Bay first half. And I think we're going to see some like a preseason spread here. It might be seven first half or something because Rodgers and company, they're going to play. But I don't think they're going to play the whole game. So it's a fascinating situation. I don't see a first half line. Do you guys uh, confirming you don't have one? We don't we don't have the first halves up yet. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do that later in the week. I don't know for the whole board is concerned. I'd have to go and look. Um, but no, we, the uh, other we, first half lines are posted, but that one is not. Where are you? Where are you looking? Uh, do you see a first half in the Packers game posted anywhere? I, I mean, I'm only looking at the Superbook numbers right now. Right. We don't have the we don't have the first half. Yes, I uh, no first half lines right now. I think everyone's thinking what I'm thinking. We, there could be an advantage there in the first half because Rodgers, we would think he says he's starting, but I, we, I don't think he's going to play the whole game. So, so I'm torn there. I have to give the people a play. So I'll take the bait. I'll take the Chargers minus three on Sunday night. I just you know I'm not sure about Waller playing. Um, I don't see any two and a halfs. I'll either three minus one ten for a dime. You know, the other one I do kind of like is San Francisco. I, I think San Francisco, if, if Jimmy G is good to go, I think they're going to win that game. But I'll just I'll, I'll just stick with Philadelphia right now. And, man, uh, we were talking about it last night. You want to talk about bonehead decisions. I've been calling Aaron Rodgers the NFL MVP for, what, like three months? And I never did anything about it. And now Aaron Rodgers is minus $6 at the Superbook to win the NFL MVP. That is the one. That's the the one that got away from me this year, buddy. Is uh, Aaron Rodgers stupid? I, I I saw that coming months ago. Yeah, Did no, not. it's there's been a few. I, he's not in my portfolio until this week. So, what's your guys' price on Rodgers? We're mi- we're minus six hundred on okay, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. I bet Tom, four, Tom four dollars this one. week. I bet minus four hundred on Tuesday and Wednesday. I uh, well, I think this whole scuttlebutt is actually going to help him. I think there's going to be guys who are going to vote against him, and they see the reaction to that. And people are like, okay, I don't want to be ostracized, and the optics matter. So, well, I, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I can't remember ever watching a quarterback that was in more control of everything than Aaron Rodgers is right now on the football field. He is just in complete control of that offense. They look awesome. I don't think Matt Lafleur gets enough credit. He's done a really good job with that team this season. That's my pick to win the Super Bowl, and I never did anything about it with it when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But I will pick pick up a few bucks when they do win the Super Bowl in a few weeks. All right, yeah, you do a futures ticket on that. All right, my oh, yeah. man, great stuff as always. My best to Ellie, and uh, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad we were able to connect last night. The first of many yeah, play dates for Arthur and Ellie, and maybe maybe some romance down the road when Ellie's of age. Oh, of I don't know about that. Now she's still a she's still a young lady. Uh, maybe very far down the road, maybe 18 years or so. I don't know. But, uh, I'd, be, I'd, I'd like to see us at the <laughs> wedding together, Murray. Uh, but I'll, we'll talk next week. Next week's going to be great. Next week, six NFL wildcard games and no college bowl games. I'm excited <laughs> for next week. For next week's pod, but we got one game next week for sure. Yeah. All right, my man. Great stuff. Thank you, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Talk to you. This has been Baby Bankroll Bonanza. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Daily Wager Extra podcast. Thanks to Mr. Murray. Thanks to Arthur and Ellie for providing some entertainment. Thanks to Jackson, our producer. And enjoy the weekend. Uh, always exciting to have a, all these moving parts, a lot of betting opportunities. And uh, like Murray said, we'll have some playoff games to discuss next week. Mm-hmm.